Welcome to So Now What, a bi-weekly podcast of the ARRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio. Join hosts Michelle Patnode, W3MVP, and Joe Karsha, NJ1Q, as they offer information, support, and encouragement for those starting their journey into the world of amateur radio. So Now What is brought to you by LDG Electronics. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art automatic antenna tuners and related products for every amateur need. Check them out at ldgelectronics.com. Asking questions. That's how you get the advice and insight you need to go from a new license holder to ham radio veteran. And the first question is, so now what? Hey, podcast listeners. I'm Michelle Patno, W3MVP. Thanks for joining us for So Now What? A podcast for people who are relatively new to amateur radio and who are excited and curious to discover all that it has to offer. Hmm... The SWR on my rig is awfully high. I should pull out the analyzer and sweep the antenna. Ugh, just one or two more SMDs to solder and my oscillator project is finished. Good thing I have a steady hand. Oh well, I should have disconnected the antenna from my rig. Some ESD wiped out the front end. As many of our regular listeners can attest, we use a lot of ham jargon, or ham lingo, in our podcasts. Since we're immersed in amateur radio every day, it comes natural for us to use ham lingo, sometimes even in just casual conversations. And spot on on that, Michelle. In fact, we sometimes will use this lingo even in emails to fellow headquarters staff or other fellow hams. I know, it sounds weird, but (laughs) we do. For example, if I am waiting on something from a coworker, I may write all QRX without giving it any thought. And assuming that coworker is also him, he or she will know what I mean. And for those of you wondering what QRX is, it's kind of what Joe said. It's a shorthand way of saying, I'll wait, even though its literal meaning is, I will call you again at such and such time. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So what you're saying is that we have to QRX before we'll talk about QRX. (laughs) (laughs) Very funny, Joe. I I, I do try my best. (laughs) One of the things you'll realize about amateur radio is that we use a lot of acronyms, lingo, or shorthand phrases when we communicate. We do this because we know that in some instances, hams are trying to communicate a lot of information in a short amount of time. All that means is that we not only have to learn the ins and outs of radio communications, but we also have to learn a new language of radio speak, too. Over the course of our podcasts, we've received a few emails from listeners asking us to talk about these shortcuts, the ham lingo that we use. So let's jump in. Let's start with Q codes. Joe, how about a little bit of history on this? Well, I'm not very good at history. I forgot what (laughs) I had for breakfast this morning, but I'll give it a shot. (laughs) Well, Q codes were developed during the time of wired telegraphy. You know, the old wires stretching across the U.S. and we're sending Morse code back and forth. Well, they were shorthand abbreviations used when sending Morse code. When you consider that many messages being sent via telegraph might have been long-winded for whatever the reason, a system or language was developed that would shorten the amount of time a telegrapher was banging at the brass. Overall, this allowed for more information to be sent in less time. Obviously, the Q codes morphed over time, as well as new ones added, especially with the invention of radio communications. Since radio operators were using just Morse code at the beginning of ham radio, 
there was this natural progression by hands to use Q codes. And now they are an everyday part of our lingo. A complete list of Q codes and their meanings can be found off the ARRL website, and that link will be included in the description. Now, you've probably been talking with your friends and your fellow club members, and you've probably heard a lot of these Q signals, but there are some very common ones. Now, I'm going to describe these, but bear in mind that these are that little bit of morphing I talked about. When you look at what we have on our website as opposed to how we use them every day, they are a little bit different. So take, for example, QRL. That means, are you busy? Or you would say, QRL, are you busy? Now, of course, our favorite is QRM, which is a Q code for interference. Now, that's man-made interference. That could be anything from there's a station nearby to we usually sometimes use QRM when we're trying to talk and there's someone else talking. So we'll say, oh, there's a little bit of QRM or QR Mary, as we'll say. Now, there is QRN, which is interference also, but this is natural. And the best way to remember it is the N stands for natural. That would be like lightning and stuff like that. Now, QRT stands for stop transmitting. When you say, oh, I'm QRT, that means, okay, I'm done transmitting. Now, QRV is another way of saying, I am active. And like with the QRX in emails and whatnot, if we're doing something right at that moment, I would probably put in there and say, oh, I am QRV right now, so the other person knows exactly what I mean. Obviously, QRX means to wait. Of course, everyone's favorite is QSL, which is a shorthand way of saying, I acknowledge receipt of a contact. Of course, that's where we get the, uh, the term QSL cards. A QSL card is used to acknowledge a contact. Now, what's a contact? A contact is a QSL. So we're having all these QSOs, and we're QSLing these QSLs before we go QRT. See, it just keeps loading it in there. Uh, on occasion, we have to change frequency, and that's where we would use the term QSY. Now, there's QTH, and one way to kind of remember that is think of the H as being house. Now, that doesn't mean that you can only use this when you're at your house, but a QTH means a location. And finally, the fun one is QRZ or QRZ, essentially a shorthand way of saying, who is calling me? And those are pretty much the most common ones that are used in everyday ham lingo. Think of it this way. In social media, we use shortcuts all the time. LOL, BTW, ROFL. They all say a lot of things using the smallest of abbreviations. Well, Michelle, IMHW and FWIW, that is an awesome comparison. <laughs> I mean, think of it this way. You use abbreviations all the time anyway, whether it's social media or texting. You have LOL, ROFL, BTW, I mean, whatever you're using to communicate. And these all mean different things. And, you know, ham radio was actually the first social media. Well, yes, it is. Because after all, they were getting together on the air and probably using all these little shortcuts at the time. So I've got to say, Michelle... IMHO and FWIW, that is an awesome comparison. <laughs> See what we did there? <laughs> I, I know. We're, we're here all week, folks. Try the veal. <laughs>
In our contesting podcast, Paul, N1SFE, spoke briefly about signal reports being part of a contest exchange. For those of you who may have tried your hand at contesting, you probably heard a lot of, you're five to nine this or you're five to nine that. Even if you've just been working stations in general, undoubtedly, the first thing you may have heard when the contact was initiated was, your signal report is five nine. This is known as the RST system. Joe, can you shed a little light on what this system is and why or how it should be used? Why, well, sure can. The RST system is used by amateur radio operators, shortwave radio listeners, and other radio operators to exchange information about the quality of a radio signal. Now, the system is a three-digit number. For example, 599, with the first letter, R, representing readability, on a scale from 1 to 5, the second letter, S, representing signal strength. So, but you got to think of it as it's S, signal strength, but it means the same thing. Also on a scale of 1 to 9. And the third letter, T, indicating tone. Again, on a scale from 1 to 9. Like most things, 1 is not very good, and the 5 or 9 are awesome. So, let's suppose you're calling CQ using Morse code and someone comes back to your CQ. First off, you're elated, because right now band conditions are a little tepid, but they come back to your CQ and everything is cool. You exchange call signs. During this time, you're listening to the other station's signal, and you come up with a report of how you think that ham signal sounds to you. Since it is Morse code, you would use the three numbers since you're dealing with readability, signal strength, and most importantly, tone. If the signal is nice, clean, and easily readable, you may say the signal is 599. But if you're having any trouble at all hearing the signal well, you may say the signal is 559 or 557, etc., along those lines. Obviously, it's all relative. Any number of factors can affect the signal. But nevertheless, it's all how the signal sounds to you. Now, if you're using phone, like sideband, AM, any one of the voice modes, you'd only use the RS part since there is no tone you'd hear when speaking. So a good, clean, easily readable signal may be 5.9. If readability was good, but the signal wasn't very strong, you may say the signal report is 5.5. Well, Joe, I gotta say, you're definitely 5'9 here. Ah, thanks. Now, we've mentioned terms such as SWR, PTT, LOTW, etc. All these are acronyms for a variety of radio terms. At the beginning of this podcast, I mentioned SWR, sometimes referred to as VSWR. In a nutshell, and without getting into too much detail, SWR is a comparison of the forward voltage or power in a transmission line, it's kind of a ratio, to the reverse voltage or power coming back. SWR stands for standing wave ratio, or if you put the V in front of it, voltage standing wave ratio. And now a word from our sponsor. Check out LDG's new Balans and Ununs. The RU9 to 1 Unun matches in-fed long wire antennas to coax, and the RU1 to 1 choke helps keep RF out of your shack. 
all LDG Balins and Ununs are rated to 200 watts PEP and cover from 1 to 30 megahertz for all your HF matching needs. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing advanced quality products to the amateur market. Our focus is on anticipating our customers' needs and providing them with world-class support. Don't forget, LDG products carry a two-year warranty that is fully transferable when you sell it. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. LDG Electronics. Everywhere you look, there's an LDG. Welcome back to So Now What? So if you have a really high SWR, which can be a bad thing, this might mean that you have a bad mismatch on the antenna or line, and that more voltage or power is coming back down the line than is being radiated out or propagated down the line. So SWR, the standing wave ratio, is one of those terms that you will always hear a lot of and you should always concern yourself with. At the beginning of this episode, I said SMDs to solder. So an SMD is a surface-mounted device, which is a very, very small electrical component that mounts on top of a circuit board. Yes, they are very teeny, tiny, teeny, tiny. And so if you can mount surface-mounted devices, you are awesome. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so PTT is another acronym. It stands for push to talk. Whether you're using a hand mic or a handy talkie, HT, to begin transmitting, you'd have to depress the PTT button. And at the beginning, I mentioned ESD. ESD essentially stands for electrostatic discharge. Now, electrostatic discharge can be found by rubbing your feet across the floor in the wintertime and touching something and there's that little shock and everybody laughs and has fun. Oh, is that like when your hair stands up too? Uh, if the shock is big enough, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, but okay. you can also get a little bit of static buildup on your antenna line and get a little bit of ESD, again, electrostatic discharge. That's another term that you might hear on occasion, but something that you should always take into consideration. We also mentioned Law Book of the World, or LOTW. And LOTW is cool. We all use it. I use it. It's, it's a great way. But Law Book of the World is an online service offered by the ARL that enables you to electronically submit contacts or QSOs. See how I worked that in there? <laughs> I see what you did there. I did that. Yay. Using that ham lingo. For electronic confirmation. You can apply for various ARL and CQ awards by using it. A term that can be a little bit confusing for new amateur radio operators is DXCC. DXCC is an award offered by the ARRL. It's kind of an acronym. It stands for Distant Country Century Club. For us, a distant country is considered DX. To apply for the award, you have to work and confirm contacts or QSOs. QSOs, QSOs. See, there we go again. We go again. <laughs> <laughs> and for this, you'll need a minimum of 100 separate countries. The 100 is where the century part comes into play. And of course, it's like a club. And this is why it's DXCC. And we all like being members of that club. Now, there are literally hundreds of acronyms or radio terms us hams use when communicating. And we just touched on a few here. And these are based upon, as Michelle alluded to earlier, some of the emails we've received asking about them. 
So there is a very good glossary of rated terms available off the ARO website. And we will provide a link to that page in the description. As you already know, Joe and I try to end each podcast by saying 73. 73. Not no. yet. Not yet. Not 73. In addition to it being the perfect number, mathematically speaking, I mean, just ask Sheldon Cooper from the TV series The Big Bang Theory, it's also the universal goodbye, or end of a contact, used by amateur radio operators worldwide. Joe, where did the term 73 come from? Well, as Sheldon explains, the number 73 is pretty special. 73 is the 21st prime number. It's mirror, 37 is the 12th, and its mirror, 21, is the product of multiplying 7 and 3. And in binary, 73 is a palindrome. 73 in binary is 1001001, which backwards is also 1001001. But I horribly digress. You didn't ask that information. <laughs> I think too much math for me, too, too much math. And, oh, that's the TMI. See, another abbreviation, oh, look TMI. look at that. <laughs> But anyway, like with Morse code and Q codes, much of what we use today for lingo or shortcuts comes from the old telegraph days, even though a lot of these terms or lingo used for voice communications, too. 73 was a way of saying best regards in Morse code. And you know, it's almost rhythmic. In Morse code, interesting enough, the number 7 is the mirror of the number 3. Da, da, dit, 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 da, da. Is how 73 sounds in Morse code. Is that cool or what? Joe, I'd say that's pretty cool, and it's very rhythmic as well. Yes. And on that note, there are other codes and shortcuts used in Morse code for ending a QSO, or QSO. For example, you may hear the letters SK. SK is a CW pro sign that also means end of contact. You might hear a ham using voice say clear or even going QRT. In Morse code, you may hear just the letters QRT. The letters AR, while not necessarily meaning end of contact, do stand for end of message. And there goes those Q codes again. See, we said they were going to be used all the time, and they are. And on that note, Michelle, I should also point out, because I know some of our listeners may point this out to us, that SK is also the term for silent key, and that essentially means an amateur radio operator has passed. That does not mean that we use SK synonymous with SK or silent key because it's an end of the contact, although some may say, well, it, it kind of means the same thing, but truly it isn't. When you think about how SK sounds in Morse code, it's another one of these rhythmic tones that you're listening to. So... When you are sending CW and you are indicating the end of a message or the end of a contact, SK or da 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 when you hear that, you know, okay, this contact has ended. But, yes, there are two meanings for the term SK. Uh, one is SK, the end of a message, and the other stands for silent key. So I thought I should mention that just in case. Thank you, Joe. As always, if you have a question and want a chance of it being answered on the show, send an email to sonowwhat at arrl.org or go to our webpage, www.arrl.org 
forward slash so now what and submit your question under the so now what listener form. Don't forget to also rate and review so now what on whatever platform you're listening to us on. We love getting your questions, feedback, and suggestions. Until next time on so now what? TTFN. Which means ta-ta for now. But really, we always say 73. 73. So Now What is a production of the ARRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio, and is sponsored by LDG Electronics. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art automatic antenna tuners and related products for every amateur need. Check them out at ldgelectronics.com. For more information on amateur radio or the ARRL, visit us on the web at www.arrl.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn by searching for ARRL. If you have a question or comment for Joe or Michelle, email us at sonowwhat at arrl.org or use the form on our website, www.arrl.org forward slash sonowwhat. This program is copyright of the ARRL, and any unauthorized redistribution or rebroadcast is prohibited. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to So Now What at Blueberry.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sabrina Jackson, KC1JMW, Administrative Manager of Radio Sport at the ARRL. Thanks for listening.